Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased taste. Well, the divisional round came and has now gone. With only four teams remaining, see how the guys reacted to this last weekend's game and see as they slowly move to the NFL to the NBA. Until then, sit back and enjoy the show. Doing pretty good. Uh, just, you know, watching all the morning show breakdowns of the games and stuff, as usual, uh, that you do on Mondays. Everyone's overreactions and uh, underreactions, I guess you can say. It's going to be a fun Monday because, um, you know, now that my team's not involved with it, everything's just, you know, fun and games from here. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been in that boat there with you a little bit longer. <laughs> but, you know, so... Um... Definitely a lot to get to. I'm very excited to, for Thursday as well, talk to Christian um, for, about the, uh, you know, his favorite team, the Bengals. But we'll get to that in a bit. But, yeah, so I guess we can start with the Saturday game. Chiefs over the Jags 27-20. The Jags do hit the backdoor cover to cover the 9.5 with a field goal um, late at the end. Uh, Mahomes got digged up was the big story in this one. He left for a little bit with a sprained ankle, came back, and did finish the game out. He was still pretty good, but um, he clearly was kind of limited with his mobility, so that's going to be a big story going into the championship game. But, you know, the Chiefs, they're hosting their fifth straight AFC title game now. I think this game was pretty much kind of what we all thought it was, or I know at least what you are. The Jags would kind of keep it close, but the Chiefs would win. Um, for the Jags, it was a great season. They're obviously trending all in the right direction. Well, man, they could have had this one. The Chiefs looked like they were kind of going to smoke them early, and then with Mahomes' injury, and then the Jags had a couple turnovers in the fourth. If they don't make those mistakes, I mean, they could have won that thing. So they were right there, um, even though it didn't really feel like they were going to be kind of early in that one. Yeah, the Jags, they were they were battling it out, man, with the Chiefs. Yeah, obviously, I felt like this game, even with the Mahomes injury, you were like, okay, there's a chance for the Jags to come back. And they just never really took that chance seriously. Um, it just, you felt like the Chiefs, even Chad Henney came in, he knew what the assignment was, which was target Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then he, he let Travis Kelsey pretty much guide the team to victory when until Mahomes came back. And... You know, the Chiefs, it's going to be interesting how we will talk about them on Thursday and how Mahomes' injury develops. It's a high ankle sprain. That thing is going to be there probably until, if they even if they win the, this game, it's probably going to be lingering for the Super Bowl. So something definitely to be talking about going forward. And, uh, you know, as for the Jags, you know, the Cinderella story comes to an end. Don't forget, you are the AFC America's team. Um even though now that banner is probably going to be taken down and hung in Cincinnati and Christian's going to fight me for that. Um, 
it's it's you know it sucks it, it, it sucks but also you have to feel good you know if you're the jags you can't feel bad about how this ended you knew that there's a limit to the season and the magic just finally ran out you know finally got back to reality but you had a lot of good things to take away from this season yeah no i'm with like it was a great season you know now for a fact you got an a coach and an a quarterback that's the two most important things to have so like i said their roster i mean there's they, they get spent a lot of money in free agency but like it's still kind of being rebuilt um and they're going to get Calvin Ridley next year, which is going to be a huge addition. But how good their offense already looked at times with Trevor to get another legit receiver. If he's as I know, now granted, he hasn't played in a long time because remember he was injured even before the gambling thing. So he hasn't played in a while. But if he does, if he is as good as he was um, pre-injury, like that's going to be a huge game changer, a dynamic weapon. Um, and I feel like next year kind of is the start of what should be a nice runway for a Super Bowl window for the Jags. Like, this year was kind of their first, their kind of growing up year, moving on from Urban Meyer. But now next year, I mean, there's going to be real expectations and real pressure to keep improving. And I think they're going to be right up there as the favorites with Kansas City and Cincy. And uh, Buffalo is kind of the top dogs in the AFC, certainly in the AFC South. They should win that going away. Uh, they'll be the big favorites. But... Yeah, a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the future in Jacksonville, for sure. Yeah, a lot of reasons. And like you stated, you got Calvin Ridley coming back, and you can only think positive things at this point because he has been, you know, injured. So whatever he produces next season, hopefully is anything better than what they had coming into this season because at first, you know, Zay Jones, yeah, he came out a little bit near the end of the season. Uh, Christian Kirk was a consistent option, but... To have another, to have Calvin Ridley be that true number one, like he almost was potentially a B in Atlanta, it could really turn things around for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, as for the Chiefs, the story now is going to have to switch over to their defense. Something that we've been concerned about for these last few weeks that we were talking about at first for the Niners, that defense showed up, and we'll talk about that later. And now we have to sit here and wonder can the Chiefs defense show up? against uh, Joe Burrow, and we have to talk about that on Thursday. Yeah, that is going to be a, a fascinating one to get into. But, yeah, no, the Chiefs defense was pretty good this game. They got, so like I said, they had some crucial turnovers. I think Trevor threw, did Trevor threw two picks. I know he threw the one at the end. I'm trying to remember if he threw another one before that. And then they had the fumble recovery deep in the red zone. Um, I'm still, well, I mean, we'll talk on Thursday. But, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, they're they're the top organization in the league right now, just as far as how consistent they've been over the last five years. Hosting the fifth straight AFC championship game. Mahomes is obviously just unbelievable. Um, we'll see what he looks like next week with that ankle. That's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, you know, it's another great year. After losing Tyree Kill, to be right back there in the same place. Like, they just continue to be so impressive. Um, so we'll see if they can get that second ring this year. Because, I mean, there is kind of going to be a lot of pressure on them now. I feel like, especially in this game with the rematch of last year's AFC Championship, to uh, to finally get that to get that second ring and kind of be unquestioned top dog. Because if they do, if they do lose to Cincinnati two years in a row, like Cincinnati will kind of will be top dog in the AFC, and like won't really be able to argue with them. So that's gonna be fascinating to see. But yeah, this was another nice Chiefs win. They're not gonna cover any big spreads, though. I tell you that much. 
<laughs> yeah, no, these big spreads have been doing them dirty, and I do agree with that. <laughs> I think I heard today on a podcast I was listening to, Bill Siddons' podcast earlier, I think he said, I'm not sure if this record is exactly right, but I think they said the Chiefs are like, because obviously they're what, like 14-3, and three, and then they won today, so they're like 15-3. and three. But I think you said they're like 6-11-1 against the spread. So, which is just obviously it doesn't matter for them, but it's just kind of funny, funny note that they, they're winning but not covering most of these games. Could be a better's tell right there, you know. Probably uh, probably lets you know who might be moving forward because you know what they say, good teams cover the spread and the beast going 6-11. and 11, That's kind of risky, you know. So... <laughs> I, I don't know, going forward, I mean, the Chiefs, like I said, they were just one head, one step ahead of this game, and they, it was a backdoor cover, like you said before we started today, it was a, the Jags barely covered this game, so, it's, it's gonna be, like I said, it's gonna be very interesting to talk about on Thursday, as the Chiefs, man, especially now with the Mahomes injury, everything's now up in the air for the Chiefs, for what probably would have been a more 50-50 shot, they might be coming in as underdogs now for this game. Yeah, I think the opening line, I think was like one and a half. I mean, we'll see. It'll probably move throughout the week depending on what his injury status is. But yeah, that's going to be, going to be a fun one. But even so, this was still all things considered a very, it's been a very impressive ride for the Chiefs. We'll see if they can finish it out on top. Um, but especially considering how much better the AFC West looked like it was going to be on paper. That for them to just dominate it going away again. I mean, they're just an excellently run franchise. Mahomes and Andy Reid, like, they're just top-notch. Top-notch? I mean, it's a hard combo to beat, man. It is a hard combo to beat. And I'm just trying to think of, like, it's hard to say that they're a dynasty because, yeah, this next game that they have for Championship Sunday, this next game will determine pretty much who might be the next dynasty coming going forward in the AFC and it's going to be a hard argument to give for Mahomes if he loses to Burrow. So, again, there's a lot of, lot of things turning, a lot of pressures now moving on towards that other angle of Mahomes right now because he did beat the Jags with one leg. That's what, all I saw on social media. You know, that was the trending topic was Mahomes does it with one leg, which, you know, Pretty sounds incredible. Sounds like something that they would do with for the for a Mahomes type uh, victory, but you can't, dude. It's the Chiefs, man. They're in a tough spot, and I'm trying not to step too far on the Thursday Thursday's line. Yeah, and yeah, that's this is gonna be a lot to dig into that rematch. On. On Thursday. Also, we got three of the same four teams uh, as the conference championships last year, which is interesting. Kind of just swap out the Rams with the Eagles. But, um, so yeah, speaking of the Eagles, the Saturday night game, <laughs> you know, this was our worst, uh, definitely I think our worst pick of the week. I know we both liked the Giants to cover because we didn't know how Philly was going to look with their injuries and coming off the bye, and they kind of finished uh, sloppy. The last few weeks, well, turns out, um, I said the biggest thing I noticed watching this game, I, I knew like with after the first drive, I was like, oh, probably the Giants are not going to cover this because 
He came out, and Jalen Hurts dropped a dime. He was running around, and I was like, okay, he's fine. So, like, I was wondering, what is his shoulder? How is he going to look with his shoulder? He looked just as good as he did all year before the injury. Uh, and so did Lane Johnson. So that's really good news for the Eagles that those two are back. But they crushed the Giants 38-7. Um, and it was really just from start to finish. It was just a complete domination on both sides of the ball. Their offense was lighted up. Daniel Jones, after his amazing performance against your beloved Vikings last week, came back down to earth in a hard way. This defense shut him down, got heat on him. Dave made some questionable decisions throughout the game on fourth down. This was probably his worst coaching performance that you've seen. Even though they were completely outmatched, he's still a great coach. But that was impressive by Phil. That was very impressive. Even though it's the Giants, but still. So they're, considering they hadn't gotten a playoff win with Sirianni and Hurts, like... A lot of people, I mean, we, he, as good as they've been all year, there have been a lot of doubters on what's it going to look like in the playoffs. And the real test is obviously this week, but that was a very impressive start. Yeah, <clears throat> the Eagles, man, it was a good game for them. They did play, they, you know, they played lights out. Nothing to debate there, you know. They came in, took care of business. Uh, they, took, they took away all the rumors, like, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times and all that stuff. They... Wash that away, you know, all the cons- all the doubts that you may have for Jalen Hurts. They want you to forget all about him. I I'm sitting here as an NFC representative, saying that I am hoping that I'm going to be picking the lesser of two evils on Thursday. So for me to see Philly going forward, I mean, I'm just trying to. I am now just thinking who has the better chance to beat an AFC team. And me personally, if Jalen Hurts can just play the way he did against the Giants that confidently, even though he only threw for, I think it was only 150 yards, but it was because it was a blowout. So you kind of didn't even have to really throw it. But I mean, he has the receivers and he has the, and they obviously rely on the run game. You said Lay Johnson's back. So that means, you know, the, the O-line's getting healthier again. So things are looking up for the Eagles and... Same thing with the team that they're going to be visiting in the championship round in the 49ers. So, as for the Giants, yeah, they were outclassed oh, through and through. Yeah, and, you know, they got right back to reality because they played against a fairy tale defense in the Minnesota Vikings, whose coordinator got fired during our broadcast, may I say, um, when, that, day, that day when I was complaining about him not being fired. He was fired during the broadcast. So, uh, shout out to that. To the Vikings for taking initiative. I'm still looking forward to seeing who we bring in. But, uh, yeah, the Giants, you know, they're just the same spot as the Jags. Great, good vibes, you know. Yeah, sure, it sucks you lost to the Eagles three times in a row. Um, but, you know, it, at the same time, it's not the end of the world. You know, it, you can't, you got a team that's on the up. You can't. You have a team that everyone pretty much considers almost a lock for next season already for the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't say so personally. We got to see what they do in the off season, how they handle Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But it's going to be interesting because yeah, maybe maybe this was a reality check for the Giants. You know, they they probably will sign Daniel Jones again. But it was like we were talking about on Thursday. How much? You know, this would be a game where we'll probably finally find out how much will they actually be putting their values on them. And to put up a stinker like this, it's going to be tough for him to put up an argument. Like, yeah, you came out there and you beat the Vikings on the playoffs. But I think everyone can agree 
if you look at this regular season record, he only had three big games, and one of them was the Vikings. So, well, two of them actually were the Vikings. So it's Daniel Jones, he's going to be entering an interesting conversation. I think he has done enough to justify, though, for him to come back next season. But you can obviously start, some fans can obviously start pointing and being like, all right, so this is what we're really come to. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. That was what I was going to hit on. Like, this can be a int- very interesting offseason ahead for the Giants because they're obviously – their rebuild is obviously going well. Like, they – and I, I do agree. I think they will bring back Jones. Um, I, I would. Like, he fits Brian Dable's kind of system perfectly. He's obviously far from perfect. But he also got better in this offense kind of as the year went on. They started letting him throw more in the last few weeks. And even though, yes, it was a bad ending. But then he was bad. I don't want to – thing now is going forward is if you commit to Daniel Jones you're just pretty much guaranteeing that you're probably going to have the second best quarterback in your division if that you know depending on how Dak Prescott may play and what happens in his future and whatever the commanders do but right now you know I it's gonna be I don't think he is number two I don't know it's a hard argument to give him number two actually right now uh Colby yeah. like well, what would you who would you would you rather have Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones, Colb? You know, I mean, prior to this year, and even going into this weekend, and they were both awful this weekend. But going forward, probably Daniel Jones, just because, like, when you saw Daniel, even though he's got a lot of rough around the edges, but like when you he's a lot younger, he's bigger, more athletic. I think Dak has obviously had a better career to this point, but he's been in the league a lot longer. Um, and Daniel Jones, like, you're another year in Brian Dable's system. Like, you would expect him to improve and take another step forward next year versus Dak. Like, he kind of is what he is. Like, Dak's not going to get any better, realistically. So, just because I feel like there's a little bit more ceiling, I would take Daniel Jones, but it is pretty close. And, hey, props to Daniel Jones, because I think before this year, when we did our and Dayball, like, before zero, I think, when we did our QB rankings, I'm pretty sure we both had him, like, last in the division and felt they'd be moving off him. So, the fact that he's maybe second now going forward is, is huge for him. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, about keeping him, too, like, last thing on that, no, sorry, I mean to cut you off, but, like, the, it's also, like, what else is out there? So, like, could you do better at quarterback? Like, is it 
great, no, but there's also a lot of, like, I mean, Washington's been trying to replace Kirk Cousins for, like, over five, what, five, six years now, almost. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's tough to find quarterbacks, man. So he's not great, but, so yeah, I think I think you got to bring him back. But I, I would take him second. Well, going forward, I'd take him probably by a hair over Dak, but it's close. I agree. Like, it is very close. Like, in... Like I said, though, like if you're getting Daniel Jones, you're guaranteeing that you have the second best quarterback in your division for right now, because we just don't know what's going forward with the commanders. And of course, you know, the day after the Cowboys losing the playoffs, everyone wants to talk about Dak Prescott being traded or something, something obviously massive happening to the Dallas Cowboys in the offseason. These last two seasons, nothing much has happened, but who knows what we'll see, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But for the Giants, man, this offseason, you have to hope that you do better than you did last offseason because you only did, what, a couple of things? Which, I mean, granted, you didn't expect to do much. So, obviously, now everyone's expectations are high for you to do something this season. And I want to know, hopefully they hit more on their uh, free agency than they did last season because uh, having that, like you said, the Kenny Galladay contracts and... Just, they did not, uh, they didn't really use, and they didn't even use their free agents because one of them was a backup quarterback. So it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. The Giants, man, Giants and Jaguars, Cole, both of them in the Saturday slot. They lost. Most people had realistically them losing. We had them covering, not winning. Um, Giants didn't even cover in their case, though. Um, who would you be more optimistic for right now, the Giants or the Jaguars? Oh, easily the Jaguars. And that's no nothing against the Giants, but just because Trevor Lawrence is, is far better than Daniel Jones, I think. So I would be much more confident in the Jags going forward. And, like, even though they're in the harder conference, they definitely have an easier division, too. So I think it's easily the Jags. I like where the Giants are going. Yeah. And I was about to say, both quarterbacks will be year two in the systems that they're in now. So... Uh, and obviously, you know, making the same comparison almost. Trevor Lawrence is a lot younger and got probably a much bigger window now for Trevor Lawrence. And you've seen what he can do in a big hole in the playoffs. And he just, even though he put himself in that hole, he did the, dig himself out. So, glad that you're still sticking by America's team, Colby. There's going to be questions like that probably all off season that you're going to be tested on. So, uh, be ready for it. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's going to be a fun teams to talk about in the offseason. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, great, that's a great part about the NFL. Even the offseason is fun and interesting. So, we'll definitely get into that more. Oh, yeah. Until but, we start talking about the USFL. Oh, yo. <laughs> Got to get ready for those guys. And the uh, XFL starts, what, the week after the Super Bowl? Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we'll, we'll be covering it all. No, I'm just kidding. We got to get ready for that. I'm honestly looking forward to that uh, Pro Bowl special edition, Colby's uh, pa NBA power game. rankings. Oh, yeah, and the flag football game. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm talking about the NBA, getting ready to transition over to those guys. Uh, NBA had a couple of big news happening over the weekend. So it, and we can talk about that here in a minute. But now we got Sunday games, Cole. What do we got? Yes. <laughs> So the Sunday games, the uh, these were not pretty, uh, to put it lightly. So the first one, Bengals 27, Bills 10. This was the most bizarre line. It was, I said, like, I know y'all, 
Yo, well, I think Christian likes the Bengals actually, didn't he? Even though he hates them, but <laughs> no, he picked the Bills. Of, oh, he had the Bills too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I honestly, I wouldn't have been. I just thought it was too many points. I thought this would be a close game, but yeah, the Bengals, Steve Wilm, uh, the Bills' offense was bad. Josh Allen was not great. Burrow was excellent in the snow. Um, he carved it up. He was cooking. This was a statement win by the Bengals. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game, actually, yes, Burrow was excellent. My biggest takeaway is actually, like, low-key, and obviously Burrow is, like, is the big reason why they've turned it around. He's their quarterback, and he's the big star. And well-deserved, he's easily, I think, the second-best quarterback in the league. I think this proved it beyond a doubt, him outdoing Allen here. But Really, the big reason for the Bengals' success that does not get talked about enough is they have a really good defense. Not like it's not the best in the league, but like situationally, they're very well coached. Uh, they have a great defensive coordinator, Zach Taylor. I thought had really outcoached McDermott in this one. And their defense—they don't have a lot of big name guys, but they make plays, man. And they they force turnovers. They they hold you in check, like. That was the big reason why they were able to beat the Chiefs last year in the Bills Park. It's just because the Bengals had a much better defense. That was huge for them last year. So uh, their defense is, is legit, and that, that helps them a lot. And that's another – well, we'll talk about it on Thursday. But that, they got to feel good going forward. Down three, three starting offensive linemen. doesn't matter. Joe Burrow's used to not having blocking. They scheme around it with their play calling and – it's just like how they were last year, and here they are. Once again, AFC Championship and Arrowhead. It's crazy how quick the Bengals turned it around. It, it, it really is. It's mostly, you know, I think a lot of people give credit to Joe Burrow, obviously. Some credit needs to be due to Zach Taylor and and all that. And they did. They were pointing the cameras towards the defensive coordinator and what he brought out. Because they were showing a lot of various blitzes, like... And I loved how uh, normally Tony Romo does say some annoying things, and he is. He went from amazing commentator to now kind of annoying, but he does <laughs> say some good things here and there. And he pointed out how they were just throwing a random fifth man of blitzing, just coming out of anywhere, and it would just be random, like it would just be coming flying. And I think it was Mike Hilton that was doing most of the damage on that for the Bengals on their defensive side. And he was just like, he would just be lined up somewhere randomly on the line and he would just be flying in, you know, and just trying, just testing Josh Allen, you know? And as for the bills, you know, the Superman ball, you know, play style just doesn't work, you know, in the playoffs. Cause they, all it took was just those random blitzes just to get to Josh Allen. And, you know, it was in the elements and you're in the snow, you're at Buffalo and for the Bills to do that, it kind of put up a stinker the way they put up one. It's, it, it hurts the fans, you know? Like, the fans, they're probably pretty deflated right now. There's no excuse, you know, Colby? Like, these last couple seasons, Bills fans had excuses. This game, they just got beaten, hands down, you know, from start to finish. So, I mean, Cole, what are you feeling if you were a Bills fan right now? What, like, this is... I honestly feel bad for Bills fans. Like, this is a heartbreaker that this season ended this way. And, like, I think last year was worse because it was the 13 seconds miracle game. But I don't, know, I don't know what would be worse because this year, like, you weren't even close. You just got stopped at home by Cincinnati. Like, this was supposed to be their year. And in spite of all the games they won, it was always kind of sloppy. And after how dominant they looked early in the year, like, things kind of just 
looks rockety and they, they don't run the ball well. Josh Allen is too loose and turnover prone. And this was like a bad coaching performance, too. I think some of this falls on McDermott. Like, he definitely got outcoached. But yeah, I feel for Bill's fans, really, man, because this, like, their window's obviously not closed, but, like, it's an expensive team. Like, they're not going to be able to have all these guys forever. They had Alec Diggs, obviously Vaughn Miller was injured on big contracts. And, like, they're, they're, they're further away, ended up finishing further away than they have two years, three years ago when they were in the AFC Championship. Um, the fact that Cincinnati has kind of slapped them as, like, they are now in Cincinnati and Kansas City are, like, the clear kind of top dogs and the Bills are kind of below them. It's definitely a concern. So, yeah, I don't really know where the Bills go from here. I don't know if you make changes to the coaching staff or what, but I think they definitely need to tweak some things about their approach for next year. Got to try to build more of a non-Josh Allen running game, I think, too, especially with these turnover issues. But yeah, man, this stinks because they were the Super Bowl favorites to start the year. It's supposed to be their year for a time like this. This was a disaster, really. Yeah, this, it was truly a disaster. Um, I'm looking, I'm just, I'm looking right now. They're going to be losing a couple of star pieces, Cole. And I'm putting this into the question, just in the AFC perspective, you just said it yourself. You have the, you have, you know, the Bengals and the Chiefs that are pretty much already cementing their names at those top dogs for next year. I don't know if I would even put the bills as my favorite for a dark horse competitor right now, because I feel like the dark horse spot is always going to be given to Baltimore if they have Lamar Jackson. And maybe now you could throw in Jacksonville and depending on how Trevor Lawrence does next year. Like that's going to be those that's what that spot goes to. Like I I like right now I feel like the Bills this was a very deflating game if you're the Bills right now. Like cuz you have to remember that Baltimore if they get their their ish together with Lamar Jackson, they they they're right back to where they were and with a better defense with Roquan Smith. You know, like they 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 said they got that's the main problem with them is that they just if Lamar's healthy, who knows what would happen? Because remember the Bills, they were supposed to lose that game to the Dolphins. Some would say if they had Tua, Bills probably would have lost that game. Like you were saying, Colby Skyler Thompson didn't play great. He didn't play great, and the Bills scratched out of that one. So it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be. What are your thoughts, Cole, on that? First of all, yeah, what are your thoughts on that whole dark horse take right there that I just said? Well, I totally agree with you on Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville, if Calvin, like I said, if Calvin Ridley looks how he did like two years ago prior to his injury and his gambling suspension, um, I would probably put Jacksonville above Buffalo. Like, in that, but like, because they're big enough and they're ascending. So, like, yeah, I totally agree with you on the Jags. I completely disagree with you on the Ravens. I'm kind of, and I'm obviously having a, a slight anti-Ravens bias, just being Steelers fan. But I mean, I feel like I'm pretty objective when I talk about the AFC North teams, except the Steelers, obviously. But I don't think Baltimore. I kind of thought that about Baltimore this year. But one, it's a huge if as far as how they're going to work things out with Lamar. Cause it does seem like they're far apart on a contract. I'm sure they'll tag him, and he, he probably is there next year. But even if he is. Like, I don't really worry about the rape. Like, they, he's, this is two years now. It's been the same thing. They start really well. They're near the top of the conference, and he gets hurt. So I'm really starting to think that, like, I don't know if Lamar, Lamar's not going to be able to play full seasons, I don't think. Like, I do think the running, and he's had a couple knee injuries now, has taken a toll on him. 
Um, he's obviously still going to be able to play, and he'll still be good when he's out there. But the injuries to me are just too much for a red flag with the Ravens. Their receiving core is bad. We'll see what they do at OC. But I, I, I think this may be a bold and obviously very biased take, but I think the Steelers are going to be better than the Ravens next year. I think Pittsburgh would be more dangerous dark contender than Baltimore. Dark horse contender. You Three think the Steelers would be right. more of a dark horse contender. I like oh, that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Pittsburgh's quarterback is going to be make, making no money for the next couple of years, so they should. Now, granted, we'll see what the front office actually does, but this because it's a new GM this year. But he fleezy hammered, hammered, hammered the Claypool trade perfectly, so they're going to have cap space to be able to pay everyone else because they're not paying their quarterback anything. And they went nine and eight. To, if they had TJ Watt the whole year, who knows how good they would have been? Like they were seven and two when TJ Watt played. Now, granted, four of those or three of those were against the NFC South, but still, like Vicky came on down the stretch. I feel much better about where the Steelers are than the Ravens. To be honest, I'm excited for the, for the potential next year. And I would say the Chargers, but I just Brandon Staley of it all. I just can't trust them. So I, I don't say the Chargers. Yeah, Staley will be staying around for one more one more year for as it seems for right now, as long as Sean Payton doesn't kick down that door and says, I'll take the job and Staley is still just awkwardly standing there like I'm still here though and there's he's like, Hey let's just give him a chance, Staley. Let's hear what he has to say. And that might be what is happening there, but I just man that's a good take, Cole. But I, I don't know about the Steelers. So I, it, 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 Kenny Pickett on be on that. That might be our next conversation. Year two quarterbacks, folks, in their system. <laughs> Second year quarterbacks in their systems. So he's gonna be interesting. He's gonna be entering that conversation with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones, and just how will he do in year two of a system? And Kirk Cousins, for that matter. You know, with Kevin O'Connell. So. Everyone looking forward to see what is going to happen in the second year bump, really. Yeah, I will say like there, realistically, like there is going to be, especially depending on what they do in the offseason, there is going to be a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett next year. Like this year, he's obviously a rookie, so he didn't really expect much. He got better down the stretch. That's all you can ask for. But like next year, he's going to be go time now. Like this defense is still their defense is legit. They spent a lot of money on defense. Legit. Nasty weapons. And the whole line, even though it's been a question, it did get a lot better over the course of the year. They've got stints, they got a lot of experience now, and hopefully they'll add some line alignment or two. So yeah, Pickett is gonna have a lot of pressure next year. I think he'll deal with it well. What are you thinking? Is there a superstar to bring in? The O an O line superstar? Or like someone to help the pass game? Defensive struggle. What? It, which one do you think it should be? What superstar should be you guys bring in this offseason? Well, superstar, I mean, would be ideal. The Steelers don't usually make like crazy big free agent signings. I know. Um, and I, I haven't really looked too much at the free agent class, but yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I've been begging for for like the last three offseasons, it seems like, is a tackle. That would still be number one on my list, like a left tackle. Dan Moore Jr. is not it. He's about the worst of the starting linemen. So a tackle, and then the three biggest needs is a tackle. We need a corner. As good as, and the corners we have have been solid. They've been pretty good. Like they've overachieved, I think, as far as 
for what they their talent is on paper. So that's maybe not the biggest need. And then just like a big defensive tackle in the middle. The Steelers, the edge rushers are phenomenal, but they could use like a big run stopper kind of in the middle of the D line. Uh, so those would be the big the big wish list. But tackle to me would definitely be has to be the biggest priority. I hope. All right, all right, I got you, I got you. That is, see, for if I were to ask myself the same question for the Vikings, I don't know if I, I feel like going for an O-line, it's safe to say, but, I mean, obviously for us, we need anything and everything at defense. Obviously, it sucks that uh, our first-round pick in sin didn't really uh, pan out. He just got injured, you know, early in the season when he did come in. So, I'm, ho- I'm looking forward to seeing all how all that goes for next season, but... You know, all these questions for all these guys. We got one more game, Cole, but hang on. All right. All right. So, yes. <laughs> the final game of the weekend was the closest game, definitely, but not maybe not the best. Um, but the Niners 19, the Cowboys 12. This was a gross defensive kind of game. Brett Maher missed another extra point and then made two field goals. It was kind of funny. Um not the best quarterback play from either side, but that made the big mistakes that cost them. The Cowboys had a hilarious last. This, that's the fact that, like, Mike McCarthy objectively, like, has done a pretty good job with the Cowboys, but just the way that he's watched, like, the endings of the playoff games the last two years are so bad. That play was hilarious. Yeah, that last play had me going, what in the, what was that? Like, that was the only question that I had. For all the Cowboy fans that I that I was talking to at the time was, what was that? Um, in my opinion, it was a good defensive classic game. You know, it is obviously, obviously I think the story here is how Dak struggled when Tony Pollard went down. Cowboys were not the same offense when he, Pollard went down. It was, they just got exposed, in my opinion. I think once and now Dak is back under the spotlight and under the oppression of, you know, being compared to Kirk Cousins and all that. And this is why I said people are already starting these trade talks for Dak Prescott is because you already know. I think people already know what they expect from Dak now. And you said it yourself. You know, Dak is older. We've seen we almost pretty much seen what he's given us. And when it comes to when we talk about other quarterbacks, like, for example, Daniel Jones, he's getting another chance. This is, he's getting another set of, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about fresh air, you know, for teams. Daniel Jones is going to have a whole another season, a second season, like you said. You know, Trevor Lawrence is getting a second season, you know, under this new system. This is Dak's, that, this was Dak's third season, I think, under Mike McCarthy. And it just hasn't really, we haven't really seen that, the results that we've been wanting. So... It's going to be, you got to have some, you got to have questions, man. When you have, when you talk about Dak and the Dallas Cowboys, you got to have questions about Zeke because there was only like 30 rushing yards, you know, once Pollard went down. So you have to have all these questions. Um, whether or not their weapons are truly legit, I think is what it came comes down to because we've seen what numbers Kirk put up this year. And we've seen Dak. Dak put up good, you know, a lot of touchdowns. And yeah, they were scoring a lot of points. But he had a lot of interceptions, so his decision making was a little off this season. Was off this season, not a little off. It was off. Sorry, let me take that back. And you know, it it, it just 
it just shows how much the Dallas Cowboys really have to probably reevaluate, I think, this year, this offseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys do have major questions. Like, they obviously failed to reach the championship game again the last 12 times that they in the playoffs, but they haven't reached the conference championship. Um, yeah. I mean, they, this was the best team I feel like they've had. Like, this was the closest they've been. And this one, I mean, this one is not obviously just on deck, but I think it's, it's a, a lot on deck because he had the interceptions. He had a couple others that could have been intercepted. The Niners' defense missed. Like, yes, the Niners have a great defense, but you ultimately have to be able to make more plays than that. They, the Cowboys were in this game as, as loaded as the Niners are. Like, and we'll talk about the, I'll talk about the Niners in a sec, but the Cowboys could have, this was their chance. Like, they could have won this game. They had many opportunities, and they just did not deliver. Dak just did not get it done. And they're not going to move off him because the contract, and he's like a, he's still a solid above-average quarterback compared to, I think Andy Dalton was a starter this year. So, like, yes, Dak is still a, an above-average starting quarterback, but he's never going to be in that top tier, and this kind of just feels like it's kind of what his ceiling is, unless you just have a loaded team around him, which they are good, but they still have some questions. They need another corner. Their receivers, like, outside of CeeDee Lamb, like you said, CeeDee Lamb is awesome, but the, the rest of the receiving core really did not do much in this one. They really need more more people to step up there, so maybe you look at that direction, try to add another weapon. But, yeah, I really don't know where you go from here if you're Dallas. Like, next year, like, obviously we'll see what happens, what moves they make in the offseason, but it's probably going to be pretty similar. Like, they'll probably be good in the playoffs, but this, again, like, feels like they're ceiling unless they do something drastic. So I'll be interested to see if they if they do anything wild this offseason. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying is the Cowboys, you have so, so many more questions brought up. Ob- the obvious, you know, questions about your quarterback situation and your coaching situation because this is the Cowboys. Every playoff loss, they want to bring up how tragic it is, you know, about their current situation when it's naturality. It's better than most. Um but we talked about it earlier. Dak is probably going to be considered the third best quarterback going into next season in his own division. He struggled against Sam Howell. So we'll see how, you know, that well that debate holds up against, you know, and see how all that unfolds. But I guess switching over to the team that actually won and the team that actually is going forward, it's going to be the 49ers. And uh, Colby, your team, your favorite team, to love and hate on, I guess, at this point. I don't know how, I don't know what kind of feelings you have towards this team. It's like half the time you love them, but the moment they had Brock Purdy, you had some hate. And then you're like, well, he is my boy. So you love him again. And now here we are. Tough love situation, Colby. But I think, I think now you just completely got one over. I mean, Yes and no. Like, uh, you're right. I have gone back and forth on them. It's by the game because, like, they have been like they were excellent this year. Their roster was loaded. Brock Purdy's done far more than I ever thought he would at NFL level. I'm happy for him. I love him. He's an Iowa State guy. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, but, again, like, they won this game, but they could have easily lost. And, like, um, like they, they're still loaded. They have a Super Bowl roster, obviously. But I'm not... Even though they won, it's kind of weird to say, but, like, I'm not nearly as confident in them going, being able to go into Philadelphia and win after this one just because this was the first game where Brock Purdy looked like a seventh-round rookie. Like, he was not very good at this game. He was fine. Like, he made the throws. 
He didn't have the big turnovers like that, even though he had a few passes that could have and should have been intercepted that were dropped. Like, they still ran the ball effectively at the end, and their defense is awesome. The weapons are awesome. Kittle was incredible. But, yeah, like, this was a home game, and Brock, like I said, this is the first time he's looked like he was a little bit in over his head there. He kind of saw some of the limitations. So, like, I, I, I picked them before the playoffs started to, to go to the Super Bowl. And we'll talk more on Thursday, but that's going to be a big ask to me to, to go into Philadelphia with how Philadelphia, that combined with how Philly looks, and I know the Cowboys are much better than the Giants, but still, um, the fact that Philly looked like the team that started, what did they start, like 9-0 or 8-0 or something? The fact that Philly looked like that great team they were at the beginning of the year, um, and it's going to be in Philly. That is about as hostile an environment as you're going to get. I have real questions. Like, I don't know if can the Niners do that. Yeah, but I don't know what they're going to look like next week. So, yes, they won. And here they are right back in the NFC Championship. But I do, I do kind of wonder. Like, I feel like Philly has as good, if not a better, defense than Dallas. And they have a, a more... I know Dallas' offense was good during the year, but definitely a more consistent offense, more reliable offense. Like, San Francisco's, like, I don't think Philly's going to be held at 12 points. That's what I'm saying. Like, with Hurts playing the way he is, like, they're going to be able to move the ball and score points because they also have a great old line. They have a better, Dallas has a solid line, but Philly has a better line than Dallas. They have better weapons. They have a, and they have a better quarterback. So, that's going to be a, a, a great championship game. But, uh, yeah, so, Impressed with the Niners, impressed with Purdy, still never lost, but he could have lost this game. This was the shakiest he's looked, so I have some real questions going into Philly next week. Yeah, Dallas's defense, they showed up and everything. I think we all know that. They put the pressure on Purdy, and I think they gave the formula for Philly how to win, and that's going to be got to lock down McCaffrey. Um, you can't let McCaffrey be, and Kittle for that matter, because when Kittle did that circus catch, that was pretty much all the momentum the 49ers needed to punch it in and just pretty much seal the game away. Um, I'm with you, Cole. After this game, I had a lot of questions about the 49ers, more concerns than I had before. Because, um, yeah, this roster is very stacked, but there is obviously a chance for Dallas to, to take the advantage with offensively, but they just... They couldn't because Dak struggled. And, you know, the 49ers do have a very stout defense. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, Jalen Hurts goes up against a defense like that. But I don't think, like you were mentioning, Colby, they, the Philly's got the weapons compared to Dallas. They got much more, they have way more weapons than Dallas. They have a much more prolific running back core committee. Actually, you can just might as well say committee. They have like three running backs ready to go. And four, if you wanted to throw in Jalen Hurts. So it's it's a, it's going to be a bigger task for sure, especially going into Philly. It's going to be a fun game to talk about on Thursday. Um, yeah, man. That is the NFL quick breakdown drive through right there for the divisional round. Uh, did we have any big news for other NFL teams this week? I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, other than the coordinator shifting around, I don't believe so. I'm, I am surprised, and I'm wondering, I guess it's probably waiting for the playoffs to end because some of these coordinators from these teams might get poached. But it does feel like it's kind of weird that um, no one's hired a coach yet. And I, there are fewer openings. But doesn't it seem like 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like in years past, like coaches are, are getting hired like while the playoffs are still going on. I think so, because uh, I feel like when we did our little Super Bowl preview, we already knew what the nine coaches were going, you know? Like, we've, we, I feel like when we started this podcast, it was right after the Super Bowl, and the first thing, one of the first things we talked about was coaching, because we already knew where the nine coaches were going. So, I, I'm with you on that one. It's a slow, but I mean, we talked about it, the, t- the destinations aren't too desirable at the moment. <laughs> You know, they're, they're not the most, you know, anticipated places to be. Um, and, yeah, I'm with you. They're probably still waiting for some of these coordinators to finish up their playoff runs. You know, I'm glad they're – I mean, I know some of them were – some of these coordinators were interviewing during the playoffs, and some of them won, like the 49ers defensive coordinator. He won. So, you know, obviously he's going to – his job just gets more and more enticing. But now that he's got his interviews done – they're more, you know, straightforward. But it's going to be interesting because, like you said, they do. It's weird. We haven't heard anything. And I'm waiting. The only thing we heard was how Harbaugh just went back to Michigan. And I think we already talked about that. So. Yeah. You know, that, I'll be watching your, the next, next coaching hire special. It'll be very interesting to see if, uh, if Sean Payton is actually going to come back as well. That's going to be a fun thing to talk about. Last thing I'll say about these teams, I do want to circle back to the Eagles for just a second. Just uh, Jalen Hurts, because I remember when we did our QB rankings in the offseason, I mean, we both had him, I think, like, high 20s, maybe low teens. Um, but we said, like, well, with the moves they made and everything, and he did. He delivered. What a, what a rise it's been for him to go from maybe not even the guy. Like, he had pressure this year because they had the, the two – Picks in the draft that they for next year and that they didn't use last this past year, and he pulled out like and now he's in a place where win or lose they couldn't easily. San Francisco's a juggernaut and they're kind of as we said kind of quarterback independent, but that combined with sort of the Brady Rogers simultaneous downfall this year, like I think win or lose this week, Jalen Hurts going forward is to me. The unquestioned, I, I don't think there's really even an argument that he's not the best. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFC. I don't think the only other person who would maybe have a case is Stafford just because he won the Super Bowl last year, but he's had injuries and this last year was a disaster. You don't know, he's older, you don't know what you're going to get with his health. So, like, because all the top young quarterbacks are in the AFC, like, I mean, correct me, if, do, you, do you disagree with me on that? But I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is, is the unquestioned best quarterback in NFC kind of going forward? Uh, oof, man. That's a good one. I, I That's a good question, man. I, I'm trying to think who would be able to put up a stout argument right now in the NFC. And, you know, the way some te- some teams have just some, some guys just laid some stinkers in the playoffs, you know. And he did, Jalen Hurts finally did deliver this big game. And whew, I'm just trying to say it's probably going to have to be depending on how Brock Purdy, man, if I have to be literally no. depending on how, he's undefeated, right, Colby? He's undefeated. Am I not wrong? Okay. He never lost, so, never the, lost. The, so what, what, what quarterback is better than what quarterback has never lost? What quarterback has never lost? 
It's a great story. Nope, see, everyone I told you, Colby doesn't have true love for this guy. Okay, Jalen, do you actually believe that Brock Purdy is better than Jalen Hurts? We're going to find out on Sunday. Am I right? Am I right on that, Colby? We'll find out. That's a question that we'll find out on Sunday. But he'd be undefeated. He would still be undefeated. He would still be undefeated. Yes, he would be, but he's also, he's on it. What if he gets a Super Bowl ring? Then what would you say? I'll still say Jalen Hurts is better. I'll have Boo! Like, it's a great story, and that'd be wild if he wins the Super Bowl. But, Jalen, like, like I said, wins are not a QB stat. Like, there's more that goes into winning the Super Bowl and everything. If Jalen Hurts wins the Super Bowl, it's obviously not a question. But take the whole Brock Purdy Niners out of it. Because, yes, Purdy's undefeated, so whatever. But outside of, outside of the Niners... Is there another quarterback in the NFC that's better than that's better than Jalen Hurts? You think going forward, Kyler would have had a case before his disastrous season, yep, but that, that's nowhere close now, just because of the even just like the off the field, like the, the work ethic and stuff from Jalen Hurts is just so much better. Like and like Rogers, if you want to go off past success, but who knows if he's even going to be there. There's one man that didn't get a chance in his playoff for the playoffs. And I think this one is going to be the dark horse for next season and someone to keep an eye out for. It's got to be Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is going to be the guy that we got to keep an eye out for. I mean, don't get me wrong. The numbers have been shaky, but this season, he has taken a good step back up into the right direction. Like oh, so it is something to just bat your eye to. Is going to be Jared Goff. I'm not even going to say Kirk. And look at that. I notice. I hope you notice how I didn't say that. I think it's going to be Jared Goff. Is someone that we're going to have to be that we're going to be talking a lot about next season, because the the expectations are high. I feel like the Lions are trying to build themselves up to what they have to make that big splash off season move like Philly did, and then maybe then we'll find out what Jared Goff and these Lions are all about. That, in my opinion, besides that, no one else. And I agree, right? Like, like not including the 49ers, I agree. Because Matthew Stafford hurt. Um, Kirk Cousins is one of those guys that just laid a stinker with Dak Prescott in the playoffs. So, obviously, you came and include these guys, in my opinion. So, you, you got to just breaking it down. Jared Goff, you know, everyone's always talking about he's the guy. The Lions should have been, would have been one of the fun teams in. Granted, they didn't deserve that spot, but we're already talking about how they should be in next year, you know? So next year, I think that's going to be a guy that we're going to be definitely talking a lot more about, just like how we talked about Jalen Hurts a lot more this season. Yeah. Now, I agree with you that golf does have as good a case. I mean, I just think golf just doesn't have the ceiling of her. Like, he's been to a Super Bowl. What do you mean he doesn't have a ceiling? No, he made it to a Super Bowl. Golf was excellent this season, but I'm just saying, like, like, Jalen Hurts was the top two for MVP before he got hurt. Like, I'm just saying, like, golf has never had a season like that, like what Jalen Hurts was having. And uh, golf had a great year. Like, I totally agree with you that he does have a case as, like, I think Hurts just because Hurts can do so much more is, and I would say just the ceiling puts Hurts above him, especially if he wins this week and goes to the Super Bowl. And obviously, if he wins the Super Bowl. But, you know, like, a golf, 
as far as the other NFC quarterbacks, like golf is near the top, which is crazy to have said that going into this year. But with the pieces he has around him and how good he played this year, like I totally agree that golf is, is near the top of the NFC. Like I, I think golf. I mean, I would put him over Dak, over Kirk, over Daniel Jones. Like I would put golf above all those dudes, which is kind of weird to say considering how the season started. I was saying, I know I was saying that I should, they should probably draft a quarterback, but you know, he proved me wrong with how he played down the stretch. And he, you're right, you do have to give him, people say he's all like they and the team, but you do have to give him credit for what he did with the Rams, even though it had a bad ending. So, yeah, yeah, I think the golf is up there, but I do think Hurts is the best. Yeah, and uh, you, you're right, you know, and like I said, it all comes down to this championship Sunday, and we're gonna have the same conversation. In the AFC, I mean, just literally, we just talked about how this game, how big of it is it for Josh Allen to have one to become just still that number two guy. But now he's officially the number three, four guy in the AFC, you know? So it's like, ooh, what's going on with the top spot? You know, who's going to be that number one guy still going forward? Is it going to be Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, Cole? And, uh, you know... And then almost that same same direction going in the AFC, but these guys are just obviously more promised quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, that is true. The Mahomes Burrow game is going to be electric. That's going to be fascinating. Um, yeah, because I think they're unquestionably one and two in the league. You can put them in whatever order. I would still, at the moment, I would still lead Mahomes just because they could just do. I mean, I've said many times like. Mahomes is the most incredible, like, quarterback talent I've ever seen play. Like, he just makes throws and does things that I've just never seen a player before like that. But Burrow is kind of the, uh, he, is, he really is Joe Cool. Like, he's always at his best in the biggest moments, and he always just seems to do the right thing. So it's kind of a fascinating comparison because they're both very different, and they're both so excellent. But, yeah, like, if Burrow beats him again and then goes on and wins the Super Bowl, like, that's going to be a very tough argument to, to not say Burroughs won. So, I don't, that is going to be a fun to see what happens there. It will be very fun. And, in, and especially when you consider Brock Purdy and getting a chance to throw himself into the Super Bowl and really proving Colby wrong. So, I can't believe I might be... Just because the way Colby's just talking lately, just the way he's <laughs> reacted to throwing a Philadelphia quarterback at number one, it's crazy that he wouldn't even put his fellow clone there. Um, but besides your betrayal, Coley, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about how your team just betrayed you in the NBA, losing to the Thunder last night. Um, yeah. Do you? Re and so my question is, do you think the Thunder is going to be one of those play-in teams this year? They're at 11. That's a good question. I kind of think so. Like, they're playing awesome right now. I don't I mean, probably they'll be 9 or 10 if they do get in. And, like, the Lakers are kind of circling. I was going to talk about them at the end. But, oh, um, I was too. But I don't know, man. The playing in the West is going to be fascinating. All the teams that are in the mix there. But, man, the Thunder's backcourt is just fantastic. Like, SGA is, like, playing, like, a dark horse MVP. Like, obviously, the team's not good enough for him to really be in the discussion, but he is for sure an all star. Giddy is awesome. I, this, we, this is a very pro Josh Giddy podcast. We both have talked before about how much we love Josh Giddy. Um, 
And, like, they're young guys. They have two Jalen Williams that are rookies that are both named Jalen Williams. They play well. They have Dirk, who's an awesome defender. Like, I don't know. I think they might get in as a, in the play-in. Like, they are uh, – we'll, we'll talk more when we do our NBA episode here next Thursday, next week. But, yeah, they. I think they might get in. Like, they are – they are a tough out, and they their guard their guard play is just fantastic. Like Gideon SGA are are electric. Yeah, and that I'm glad you gave Gideon his spotlight, man, because he has been. He's been living up to the credit as the second man, helping support the SGA. They're literally both playing into their roles. They just need, like you said, just more of a roster and just better in depth. But it is the Thunder. They're all going to be developing at their own pace. You mentioned it, though. The Lakers, very climatic last couple of nights these last couple of weeks. They have been in the news of having close games just in general. And uh, you said it. They're starting to get it together. Um, what did they just do? They just beat the Blazers, I think it was. And they just beat the Grizzlies. Yeah, they had a great comeback against Portland last night. Yeah, crazy comeback against Portland. And then, obviously, the um, Uncle, Sh- Uncle Shea uh, Grizzlies game where you have the uh, Shannon Sharp just you know stepping onto the court calling out the Grizzlies. It's a it was a sight to see, and the Lakers actually stood up and won that game. So uh, Colby, what are I, I? We hate this. We are actually as much as we are a pro Giddy podcast. We are a anti Laker podcast, but we do know the Lakers are you know an important team to talk about when you talk about the NBA. So Colby, what are your thoughts on the Lakers currently right now? Um, well, I'll just start with the SGA thing. So, or not SGA, Shannon Sharp thing. That was crazy. Um, <laughs> it was Shannon Sharp was ready to fight the whole team except for Stephen Adams. When Stephen Adams came over there, he was like, he didn't want a piece of him. It's understandable. I mean, Shannon Sharp is obviously a jack dude, so he could have taken out most of them, but not Stephen Adams. Um, but he fights and, elephants. And, was, <laughs> and I'm not a guy that likes to make everything about LeBron. But that was a really bad look for LeBron just afterwards because he was kind of hyping up Shannon Sharp. He was like, that's mine. I'm riding with Shannon 365 days a year. Like, <laughs> supporting him. He's like, he's like, just basically hyping up Shannon Sharp what he did. But at the same time, LeBron has had like several incidents where he's gotten people sitting courtside thrown out of games for talking trash and saying stuff to him and other players and like talking about how fans can't be acting like that and he just had a long history of, like, getting super upset when someone does stuff, antics like that on the court side. And then you have Shannon Sharp, who, yes, he's a former pro athlete, he's on TV, but he's still just at the game as a fan. And then for him to get on the court and start something like that, trying to fight the other team. So that was a very hypocritical thing by LeBron. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't like to make everything about LeBron, but I just thought that was a really bad luck. And, you know, I, I like to point out that Skip was right there in the whole mix, you know. I think he realized that Steven Adams was there, and he just, uh, he just wa- I don't know where he wandered off to. Like, he looked like he was going to do something, and then he just wandered off. Just that, and then and it, it was a very Skip-like move. But, uh, yeah, back to the real game, though, and the Lakers, just in general, Cole. Like, you know, you got Pat Bev, um, these young, like, and then they have the breaking news today. I don't know if since you have been driving, they got Rui. They got Rui Hachimura. So, for a couple of their second round picks, what do you think on, what are you, what are your thoughts on just now the basketball side of the Lakers since they have been living up to these crazy antics? Well, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be a good team. Um, 
Yeah, so they are playing a lot better lately. Um, I think they're 10th in the West now, maybe? 11th or 10th? The they're West right behind the Thunder. Sorry, what'd you say? They're behind the Thunder, the 12th. Oh, 12th. Okay, wow. The West is just so tight at the bottom. Like, all those teams are so close, which is what makes the play fascinating. Um, I like the Rui move. It's a very minor trade. Like, Rui's not great. He's a role player. But he is. He shoots. He's athletic. He can defend. Um, Wizards kind of just want to get rid of him because he's up for a contract extension is what it seems like, and they're not going to pay him. He obviously, like, he was a top-10 pick. He obviously didn't develop into what they were hoping. But he's still a fine uh, role player. Um, so I like that move just because they do need shooting. Um, I think they should still try to make another move or two to try to get another shooter. We'll see if they keep Westbrook, even though Westbrook's had a pretty good year, but you can't have him out there at the end of games. Um, but yeah, they've been playing better. They're going to get AD back, supposedly, in a few weeks. So if they can stay in the mix till they get him back, I mean, I think they'd be a very dangerous playing team. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, like, Nuggets are going to be a top two seed, probably. Like, I wouldn't want to have to see the Lakers first round if I... Colby, you know who like, I want the Nuggets to play? What? You know who I want the Nuggets to play? Who, the Timberwolves? Yes, so I can see that game in person. I want to see my Wolves. I, I just want to see the Wolves and Nuggets in the playoffs. And then, you know, I, I probably would force you to find a way to fly out here. And then we can rewatch that classic Wolves and Nuggets uh, game that we used to, that we had back in freshman year. So... I've seen that. I've been thinking about it. I was like, man, if the Timberwolves and Nuggets can just maintain the one and eight, that'd be perfect. And then I get game seven tickets. That would be be a fun one. No disrespect. I would much rather see the Wolves than the Lakers if I was the Nuggets. Oh, no. I want to play the Nuggets just because I think you guys are, you know, you guys, we have Rudy Gobert. And he can, he, I can't even say that with a straight face. There's no, I, I, I wouldn't want to see the Nuggets realistically. I mean, such a sound. You guys just got, everybody, if everyone's healthy, everyone's there. You know, you, you guys got the guys. So, and same thing with the Grizzlies, you know, we're talking about the guys that lost. I mean, they just couldn't talk that talk and walk the walk. So here they are. You know, losers yeah. of two straight, but, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies? I mean, the Kings, number three, but they're seven games Kings behind. Yeah, Kings are still number three, so. Um, yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies, they just love to talk trash. Like, that's kind of their brand, so it's not surprising that that can happen to them. They've dropped a couple games lately, but, you know, it's a long season. Um, you're obviously not going to win every game. You drops up here and there that you shouldn't. you got teams that are more rested than others, like, the NBA regular season, obviously it matters, but, you know, there is a certain randomness to it. I, I think Memphis is still very good. Um, and to me, them and the Nuggets are still the favorites. They're the top two teams. Um, I would feel pretty good about the Nuggets' chances against Memphis in a playoff series, but I think they could certainly win the West. They are deep. They defend. They just have so many athletes, and they, they, they got shooters. Like, they, they are a really good team. They're very fun to watch. So, I, I'm a believer in Memphis. I think, realistically, it's probably them, Denver, or I still am not ready to count out the Warriors, even though they're kind of slopping around. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think Memphis will be fine. Like, I still think they're a very good top-tier level team. Yeah, and Pelicans, losers of four straight. I haven't really kept up around in the NBA, still a little honest. So, I don't know everything. What, what's going on in New Orleans? 
the Pelicans, you know, they're still a good team. They're they're deep and young, but I mean, they what's going on really is they just haven't had Zion. He's been yeah. out for the last few weeks. Um, it's not like he's going to be back at some point. Ingram should be back soon too. So yeah, they've been missing Zion and Ingram. So the Pelicans, it's really just a health thing. Um, but that's, I mean, as long as Zion is their main guy, like that's always going to be the question for them realistically. Like they're as good as anyone in the West when they're healthy, but that's a big if. So. Um, that's really, to me, that's really the story with the Pelicans. It's just, it's just to help right now. They haven't had Zion or Ingram. Um, so we'll see how they look when they get back. And if they can, if they're healthy in the playoffs, they, I would say, I, I, for, I didn't think about that, but I, I would include them as maybe the dark horse that could, could make a run and maybe win the West if they're completely healthy. Um, but I don't trust them nearly as much as Denver or Memphis. All right. So what about a team that you could trust in the East? Celtics are the obvious still favorite for you, I'm guessing. But if you couldn't say the Celtics, who would be your number two at this point? Because it looks like there could be a lot of people that you could throw at that two spot. Um, Yeah, like Brooklyn, when they get KD back, is going to be good, but I can't trust them fully. Um, same with Philly's been playing excellent lately. Philly's been on a tear, but I still can't fully trust them either. So it still would be Milwaukee to me. Like, they're kind of just treading waters. They haven't had Middleton really at all this year. He's played, like, seven games, I think, or something. That might not be the exact number. But uh, I would, yeah, to me, it's going to be Milwaukee or Boston, most likely. Um, Brooklyn and, and Philly definitely have an outside chance. But, again, I just cannot trust either of them. And, uh, I mean, Milwaukee has Giannis is best on the planet. So they're always going to be in the mix. So, to me, it's, it's them and Boston, I think, at the end of the day. All right, and here's my here's a good power question for you, Cole. Can the Cavaliers steal home court advantage from one of those four teams that you were just talking about? Can the Cavs be in that top four? It's pretty tight uh, in that that range after Boston, that two to five. So yeah, they absolutely can. Uh, I don't know if they will, but they definitely can, and they need to because that four five matchup in the East is going to be fun. It's most likely going to be Cleveland against probably either Philly or Brooklyn. Both those would be great series to see that could probably go either way. All right. Well, that's probably my uh, – that was my NBA questions of wrap-up for you um, as we prepare ourselves for – dude, I can't believe the NFL season's almost over. But, yeah. you know, just gearing up for the USFL, you know. You got to get ready for new things. And, Colby, who are you looking forward to in the USFL? No, I'm just kidding, man. I can't put you on that spot. Put you on a spot like that. <laughs> I would never. Um, but, yeah, you know, just getting ready, man. This is – I got to come up with something something, something wacky like the Pearl Bowl is doing, you know. Something to the extent how they go the flag football. Got to come up with something like that. But, uh, all right, Cole. As always, what are your final thoughts as we wrap up the playoff divisional round? And another NBA week, I guess, because I know we like to go either way for the final thoughts here. So, what are your final yeah. thoughts? No, yeah. Well, I'm glad we talked some NBA there. I didn't know if we were going to. So, my original final thought was going to be about the Lakers. But um, I'll, stick it in, I'll stick with the NBA. And um, we touched on it a smidge, but I'll just give you some positive vibes. Uh, I just say the Timberwolves have looked a lot better lately. They're kind of getting it together. Um, now, I think Cat should be back pretty soon, right? If, like a couple, like another month or a few more weeks or something. <laughs> another month, uh, yeah, that, that sounds realistic. I think, I think that is accurate. I think that's pretty accurate. So, 
So, yeah, like, Ant's starting to play how he did last year. He's been better. D'Lo, I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of wishy-washy, but he's been better. Yeah, ever um, since those trade rumors came out. out. They're starting to figure it out. The Gobert trade was still an awful trade, but they are getting better, and I think they'll be one of those playing teams for sure. So I trust them. Benedict, like, they just have more upside than, like, the Jazz and the Blazers and those kind of teams. So I hope, they, I hope they do get it together, just keep it together, and kind of keep building and get in. But they've been looking better lately. You know, that's all I can ask for as a Timberwolves fan is just get in. Just let me have some fun. Just like, in, just like the Vikings, just get into the playoffs. This season, This season, after the way they started for the Timberwolves, it's all I can ask for is just get into the playoffs again because then this trade would just really, really slap us in the face. Thanks for reminding me about how I need to start paying attention to those Wolves, Colby. Um, man, I wanted, honestly, my final thought was going to be that I wanted the Wolves to play the Nuggets. That was my original final thought. Um, but I guess I'm going to go ahead and bring it back over to the NFL. And my final thought is this, we're going we're gonna to have to, a lot of questions for Thursday, I think, from these four teams that are remaining in the NFL. This is good, and, I, and my final thought is, it, I'm so glad that it is these four teams because I don't want my, I don't want, I, I don't think I could see my team in this four-team hunt. So, yeah, that, good stuff as always, Colby. Uh, be safe out there. I'll do it. Great stuff, man. Woo! Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. If you want more content, follow us on Instagram, where we post weekly pickums and other social media whenever that happens. Also, keep a lookout for our pickums list so you can join in on the takes and all the fun. Peace out.